Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another Arseblog Arsecast, right here on arseblog.oleole.com. It's going to be a fairly busy show, uh, because as you may have noticed, things are relatively busy at the moment. There's a lot of football going on. We've got a lot to look back on, a lot to look ahead to, uh, and with me uh, in a while to do some of that will be the man from eastlore.co.uk, and on the agenda there, Villarreal, Liverpool next week, Chelsea in the FA Cup, the Champions League, performances of individuals and the team. Uh, so that will uh, that will be on the way shortly. As well as that, I think we've got Talkshite Radio, Sylvester, some poetry and, and other stuff on the way. Um, what a week it's been. Um, going back as far as uh, Saturday's game against Wigan, uh, you, you look at uh, certain moments in a season where you think, well, maybe we've just got the rub of the green going for us here. And that came just before halftime for me in the Wigan game. We were a goal down. Uh, Kieran Gibbs, I suppose, when you look at it, uh, was very lucky not to be sent off. Because um, if the ref gives a free kick, I know people will say Gibbs didn't really foul him. It was Valencia who fouled him and the ball was going through. But uh, normally, if a referee sees a guy going through on goal and the defender appears to pull him down and he gives the free kick in it's the last man you're waiting for the red card to come out with the benefit of many replays you could look at something and go well you know maybe he shouldn't have sent him off for this that and the other but I thought Gibbs was going to get a red card there and I thought that would have been uh, difficult for us then uh, to come back into that game he got a yellow card Wigan hit the post from the subsequent free kick bounced across goal and and then it was half time uh, after halftime, of course, we stepped things up. Uh, we weren't good in the first half, but in the second half, we got goals through Theo Walcott. Uh, Sylvester got a goal. Uh, another Sesk assist. Uh, Arshavin got a goal. And Alex Song waltzed through the Wigan defence uh, to make it 4-1 at the end. And you just think, maybe we've got that little bit of luck going for us. The following day, Everton and Aston Villa drew 3-3 pretty much the ideal result for us every Aston Villa result in the last few weeks has been ideal for us of course we've had to go about our uh, our own games and win the points ourselves but we couldn't have asked for any more to go our way and it reminds me I suppose a bit of of Villa uh, when all kinds of things were going their way penalties being given then um, rescinded and handball goals and all kinds of stuff going so you just think well, maybe coming into this final part of the season we've got a bit of luck coming our way which isn't bad um, obviously we've uh, um, suffered defensive uh, injuries and all kinds of things so going into the game against Villarreal on Wednesday um, it was a little bit worrying no Sanya no Gallas no Juru, no Clichy. So the back four, uh, and of course no Almunia, 
So your back four, including uh, or excluding the keeper, shall we include the keeper in that? <sighs> the back five, uh, 80% of those players wouldn't normally be playing. Kieran Gibbs is uh, a young guy who's only played a handful of first-team games. Mikel Silvestre is, I think, probably old and a bit past it, but has got plenty of experience. Ideally, you wouldn't be picking him, but, you know, he's, he did all right, I suppose. Uh, Ubuwe came in at right back and did pretty well. Um, the uh, the bit of luck I suppose we got in the in the Villarreal game was it was the penalty and the subsequent uh, red card for uh, Eguren I think his name is. Um, at that point we were two 0 up. It has to be said. Uh, and in a in a good position, but uh, we saw in the Liverpool uh, Chelsea game just how quickly things can turn around. One goal puts us on the back foot a bit and makes us nervous, and another goal at that point would have seen Villarreal through on away goals. So it wasn't all over by any stretch of the imagination. We got the penalty. I thought it was a penalty. It looked like a penalty to me because the ball went a different way than the way the defender went. But of course, the guy got himself sent off for arguing with the referee, which is probably the most stupid way to get sent off. If you get sent off for punching a guy or if you get sent off for a bad tackle or if you get sent off for a deliberate trip or something, you can kind of accept that. But if you get a second yellow card for... Uh, arguing constantly with a referee, you want your head kicked in by your teammates and your manager. Because I don't think in all the years I've ever been watching football that a referee has ever uh, changed his mind under the protest of a player. A player comes in and goes, ref, it's not a penalty, he didn't touch him. No, it's a penalty. But ref, he never, he never touched him, it's not a penalty. No, it's a penalty, definitely. But ref, he never touched him, honestly. Oh, oh well, all right then. You've convinced me. It's not a penalty anymore. Sorry about that, folks. I've changed my mind. This uh, persuasive young man here has shown me the error of my ways. What a twat. So you get a bit of luck there that you're dealing with somebody of very limited intellect and um, footballing ability, it seemed, uh, on the night. Van Persie scored the penalty uh, to add to Adi Bayor's goal, to add to Theo Walcott's goal, and uh, uh, made what was uh, potentially a very difficult... Um, evening quite comfortable indeed and the final part of that evening was uh was easy peasy i think you would say 10 men vray on you they were beaten and we just uh, passed it around and, and did what we had to do setting up obviously um rather tasty semi-final against manchester united of which more in a couple of moments uh, when we speak to to the man from east lower so uh, from a football point of view uh the two games uh, seven goals in two games you can't really ask for much more than that. Uh, Performance-wise in Wigan, the first half you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't be uh, building any monuments to that one. But uh, from the second half onwards, and the uh, the overall performance against Villarreal was very very good indeed. Uh, some great individual performances. Uh, I thought Fabianski was very good in goal. I thought uh, Theo Walcott was fantastic. His crossing was brilliant. I would have fancied Bentner maybe to get on the end of one or two of those crosses because uh, he tends to throw himself at things a bit more than Adi Bayor does. Uh, Alex Song in midfield, what a game he had. What a fantastic game. I did not 
honestly think he was capable of playing like that. Uh, and fair play to him for doing so. Van Persie, good. And, you know, Adibayor, uh, while he didn't have a good game, uh, he scored another goal. And he does tend to score goals in batches like that. So he'll score eight and eight or nine and eight games and, and things like that. So when you consider the games that are coming up, um, yeah, it's uh, it's all looking a bit good. So to talk a bit more about what's gone on and what's what lies ahead, because what lies ahead is quite daunting and scary and exciting and um, gooch wedding. Um, to join me to talk about that is the man from East Lower. Hello there. Hi, hi. Um, we'll start with Villarreal because uh, I think over the two legs it would be uh, easy to say that Arsenal were good value uh, for the win. Were you a little bit more anxious than you might have been uh, going into the game on Wednesday due to the uh, defensive injuries we had? Uh, definitely, yeah, I was. Uh, it's um, Galas and, uh, had been playing really well. Juru, you know, he's got a bit of experience under his belt. Silvestra always injured and then you know Gibbs is completely raw so isn't and Fabianski too I suppose so uh yeah I think it was only natural to be to be really concerned but if anything it was a almost the perfect game for them to sort of have their first game together as a back five mm. uh, is there something to be said I suppose about coming into a team uh, that's uh that's on a roll that has momentum that is much easier to slot in and um for the team not to be as disrupted by uh, by those kind of changes, uh, as they would be, for example, perhaps earlier in the season, or earlier in the season, I should say, uh, when when we were struggling, if we'd made those kind of changes, everyone could point at those and say, you know, that's why we lost games, etc. Yeah, I, I, I suppose so. I mean, uh, I think the confidence has played a massive part in in the sort of late season revival of Arsenal anyway and I suppose it's 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 true to say you know if you come into a into a team that's struggling you'll probably struggle more but um but I was pleasantly surprised I really was I thought Gibbs did uh, really really well on the left uh, left back I thought Sylvester was fine uh, and Fabianski too I, there's really no complaints although you know you you've got to think you've got to expect that they'll probably have a sterner test ahead of them the manager said he was going to attack and it was uh, an attacking performance from the off uh, from Arsenal, um, I suppose led in the first half in particular by Theo Walcott. Uh, his goal and finish uh, it, it was, I think, the, the type of thing we've been waiting uh, to see from Theo. You know, we, we hear about the potential he has and uh, we've seen glimpses of it, but uh, uh, that, that kind of a finish shows a, a confident player. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think to be fair to Theo, he was really good before he got his injury and then, of course, he was out for whatever it was, three months. Um and maybe now he started to score as well as just play well, but he he's really come on. I mean, he's not the only one in the last few months who has, but uh, he was just you know he he, he gave uh, he gave the left back an absolutely torrid time as a brilliant little chip, as you say. Didn't really know whether that was coming or whether he had that in his uh, repertoire, but uh, it's always nice to see, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Another um, player uh, speaking of improvements is uh, Alex Song, who looks. Uh, and I don't think it's unfair to say that he looks like a completely different player uh, from the guy that was even in the team two two months ago. Again, confidence has uh, played a part, and maybe playing games has has, uh, has helped him along. But it's I, I don't really know that I've seen such an improvement in such a short space of time um, in an Arsenal player before. It is quite unbelievable. I mean, it's extraordinary. And I know that you and I have sat here before and... Um, had a bit of a giggle at how he was given special dispensation to come uh, and get a work permit because up until a few months ago he was you know passing sideways sort of lolloping around a bit really not not really doing it 
And, and I don't know what's happened. I don't know. It could just be purely confidence, a bit of experience, but is it almost as if someone's flipped, flipped a switch and he's now going forward? He's harrying. He's, uh, he's, he's playing really well. So I'm quite happy to, uh, you know, uh, to, to, for the, for the humble pie bit here. He, he's really come on. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I, I too will, uh, will take the humble pie. It's, it's great to see. And I think, um, I, are you maybe a little concerned because something we've spoken about before is, is the, uh, the culture in the game at the moment that somebody who has four or five decent games is immediately lauded as the next best thing or the new this or the new that. So are you a little bit cautious still or should we just enjoy it for what it is? Well, I'm, 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 I'm just enjoying it at the moment because he seems to be fitting that role really well. And, uh, you know, midfield was an area we were all tearing our hair out, panicking about earlier in the season. And he's, um, and he's, he's in there on merit at the moment, but, yeah, I mean, I suppose if, if if you're being pragmatic and you say right over the course of the season he's been more <laughs> he's been worse than he's been excellent, but I mean that would be being a bit unfair on him, I think, because he's 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 improved massively and uh, yeah, I'm just enjoying it at the moment. Brilliant, you know, fair play. I hope he, I hope he keeps it up. But like you say, you can't expect miracles. He's only he's only 22, but he's playing really really well now. Mm. Um, Adi Bayor is back in the team and scoring goals. Um, I didn't think he had a great game against Villarreal, but you know he popped up and, and scored what was a, a very important second goal for us. Yeah, I remember people criticising Adibayor last season uh, for being sort of a bit clumsy and offside Adibayor all the time, and, and yet he scored thirty goals. And uh, this season it's exactly the same. He seems to have got his hunger back a bit, but he's still offside about ten times a game. Mm. But you know, like you say, if he keeps popping up scoring goals, um, then really hard to criticise him, to be honest. <laughs> Robert Pires returned to Arsenal after leaving in 2006. Um, and at the away game in Spain, uh, we were there and we were singing his song and he came over and he had a little clap and it was all very nice. But um, I, I think uh, the reception he got the the, uh, the other night was uh, was fantastic and well-deserved. Yeah, I mean, the, the it really was. He got a, it was pretty much non-stop for the last... Uh, you know, uh, 10 minutes of the game. And, and in fact, the atmosphere generally was really, really good at the Grove uh, on Wednesday, which was nice to, to hear and to see. It was, it was really sparkling. And, um, but he got, he got the reception he deserved. He's been, he was absolutely brilliant for us. And that's, uh, you know, that's what you get for being a, for, for being an Arsenal legend. I think he was really genuinely touched. And um, so he should be, I think personally, he should have got another season with us, but that's another matter, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, water under the bridge at this stage. Has to be. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll come to the Chelsea game in a moment, but um, uh, I'm, I'm sure you probably don't need reminding of the, the schedule that we've got, but the, uh, the remaining um, nine definite games you've got this, uh, this season start tomorrow with Chelsea. Then there's Liverpool in the league, Borough in the league, uh, Manchester United in the Champions League, Portsmouth away from home, Manchester United in the Champions League again, then Chelsea in the league, Man United in the league, and, and Stoke in the league, and possibly two finals after that final game against Stoke. I can't ever remember a, a schedule quite like this uh, with, the, with the amount of quality that we've got to face. I suppose when you get to this end of the season and you want to win things, these are the games that, uh, that you want to be involved in, but... Uh, it could be a little bit easier, couldn't it? This run in <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, Borough and Stoke, two tough games. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's um, it is quite peculiar how how it all stacked up at the end here, and, and how the opponent uh, opponents are all the same. I mean, eight. We could play the top the three teams above us in the league eight times mm. between now and the end of the season. It's it's nuts, isn't it? And uh, I think realistically, you're going to have to expect that we're going to lose some of those. So. Um, the the question is which ones can we uh, uh, can, can we afford to lose? I don't know. 
but I, it, it's, it's, it would be impossible to, uh, to come through unscathed, I think, on such a punishing schedule. And as we've seen already, um, our, our sort of injury woes have passed uh, from midfield to defence. Yeah, uh, we are struggling, aren't we, with, uh, with Gibbs looking to be out for, for the game against Chelsea. Um, we're, we're down to, you know, um, bare bones in, in defence. Uh, Juru might be back in a couple of weeks, but do you think over the course of those, uh, that period of games that, that that could really become an issue for us? It's certainly an issue if it's a, if, if it's a Rosicki couple of weeks. But uh, if it really is only a couple of weeks, then... Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it could be a problem because, uh, like I said earlier, I, I think Villarreal, who you know, they dazzled in possession, but they weren't that great, I don't think, in the end. Uh, not at this leg anyway. And um, I think Chelsea and, and Man U and Liverpool will give that back five a much sterner test. And that, that's the sort of... Well, I mean, that's the, that's the test we've got ahead of us because uh, it's it's just so it's so frustrating for me because, um, you know, in the mid, as, you, as, you, as you well know, in the... In the middle of the season, it was our midfield that was completely out of sorts, and just when that comes back, all all guns blazing, it's uh, sort of transferred to the back, and it's so frustrating. Uh, it's Chelsea tomorrow in the FA Cup. Uh, obviously, a huge amount of history, um, particularly in recent years uh, with, with Chelsea. Um, they're not the most likable bunch of people. Uh, in the world, uh, they've got players that we wouldn't necessarily be the fondest of. Uh, leaving all that aside, the manager has got to try and rotate a little bit, I suppose, given the fact we've got Liverpool uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Andre Arshavin didn't play uh, in the Champions League. Obviously, he's cup-tied. You'd expect him to come back into the team. But when you think about how the manager is going to fit him in, it, it doesn't. it's not easy. It's a good complaint to have while we suffer at the back. It's a good complaint to, to worry about how we're going to get all our attacking players in. Yeah, it's that old classic thing is that we're going to have to score more than we let in. But uh, it's nice to have Arshavin at least partially rested for this one. So um, it's going to be a, it'll be a cracking game. I mean, I'm going along and uh, looking forward to it a lot. But uh, as uh, a bit worried about the back, but then I was on Wednesday. So uh, Arshavin will make a big difference. I think he's made a massive difference anyway uh, since the uh, beginning of Feb. Um, so we'll see. I, it's an impossible one to call. I, I don't know. I'd be, if anything, I'm more worried about about the Liverpool game on Tuesday because I think they haven't got a game this weekend mm. um, and their only you know, their only chance of silverware is the league and so uh, that's the one I think um, that, that might go by the wayside but you know what do I know uh, yeah well we'll have to wait and see what happens obviously we focus one game at a time we'll wait and see what happens uh, tomorrow in the Chelsea game but uh, we better leave it there man from East Lower thank you very much no problem, cheers. Thank you very much to the man from East Lower, and don't forget to check out his blog at eastlower.co.uk. We'll have some uh, team news ahead of the Chelsea game coming up right now, though, some talk shite radio. In traffic in Manchester City Centre is completely chock-a-block after an incident involving a monster. Reports claim that a woman was going round a roundabout when she said, Oh my God, there's a monster! And she turned hard to her left into the path of an oncoming truck. The truck then ploughed into a school bus full of orphans, which went into another minibus carrying old-age pensioners. This all exploded in a great huge fireball, causing widespread damage to buildings and cars, and the death of up to 14 pedestrians who happened to be passing by. It was only later that police realised the monster was Carlos Tevez. We'll have more traffic in an hour. Thank you, sexy Australian traffic girl. This is Talk Show. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Night Radio, talking shine about sport 24 hours a day. It's Champions League week. We have seen some incredible football. That epic battle of Englishness between Liverpool and Chelsea. An incredible advertisement for the English game. Cristiano Ronaldo, what a goal he scored against Porto, against a team from his own country. That just shows you he's got English spirit in him. He is truly a Manchester United man, and that has to be the goal of all time. A speculative shot from 40 yards, some might say nonsense someone who says that doesn't know anything about football but we can't ignore the big story of the week the disgraceful sickening behavior of Arsenal fans during the game against Villarreal with me in studio to talk about it Joe Loveless from the Sunday Times hello there Joe down the years we've seen some terrible things in the game of football fans have died managers have died players have died on the pitch we've had match fixing corrupt officials all kinds of things but I don't think in my long years of watching football I've ever seen anything as repugnant as the scenes I witnessed at the Emirates the other night. Arsenal fans, clearly aware that Robert Pires was Villarreal's best player, sang his song and praised him to the rafters. This put Pires off his game. Villarreal lost 3-0. It had a direct effect on the result. Surely UEFA can't stand by and let this kind of thing happen. Actually, I think you'll find that the Arsenal fans were just showing their appreciation for a player who'd played at the club for six years, was an incredible success, won trophies, and whom they'd never had a chance to say goodbye to, probably. I don't think there was anything sinister in it. Joe, I respect your opinion. You're an experienced football writer, but you're wrong. This was the equivalent of standing there going... Jinx, just as a player's about to take a penalty. Well, to be honest, I think it's very nice that a player that comes back can get such a reception from the home crowd. He'd done so much for Arsenal. Uh, you know, I really don't know where you're coming from on this one. It's match-fixing, Joe. It's match-fixing. That's what it is. It's match-fixing. No, it's, it's not match-fixing. Yes, uh, it is, Joe. It's match-fixing. It's completely and utterly match-fixing. To be honest, it sounds to me like you've got some kind of half-baked anti-Arsenal agenda that you're trying to get me to take part in. And, frankly, I won't have any of it. In fact... Uh, we seem to have lost Joe there, so uh, what we'll do is we'll take a short commercial break. After the break, Ian Wright with his 99 reasons why he knows more than Arsene Wenger. Talk Shady Radio, talking shit about sport 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day. We'll have more from Talk Shite Radio on another Arsecast in the very near future. Now, uh, the injuries are beginning to stack up at the back in a rather um, distressing way. Sanya is sick, so he'll be back sooner rather than later. 
Uh, Kieran Gibbs may miss the Chelsea game because uh, he's got a groin injury that he picked up during the game uh, against Villarreal the other night. Uh, we know we've got no Gallas. Johan Juru, we, we don't know for sure yet. Arsene Wenger is quoted on the official site today as saying it could be a couple of weeks. He's expecting, he's estimating a couple of weeks. Uh, but that could be anywhere between two weeks and, I don't know, 18 months. Uh, remember when Sylvester got injured in January, uh, he was supposed to be out for three weeks, and he's only just come back in the last uh, in the last 10 days or so. So, um, yeah, it, it's hard to know, but um, we're, we're stretched. So if Gibbs is out uh, for the game against Chelsea and Sanya is out, it means that Ibuwe will play right back. You'd have to think that uh, Song will move back into centre half where he played a, a bit last season alongside Toure. Uh, and then you'll have Sylvester at left back. And after that, we don't have anyone else. Song is like our defensive cover and he was playing in midfield the other night. So uh, we didn't have a defender on the bench at all, which is uh, bizarre. And I don't think there's any way, I know some people have asked, I don't think there's any way that we can recall Traore or we can recall uh, Senderos. Um, there was an article, a cliche that said he's in the middle of a two and a half week program of rest and only then will he begin his rehabilitation. So I don't know when cliche will be back either. So we're really, 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 really stretched at the back. And we seem to be losing a defender a game almost, which uh, obviously can't continue. Look at Addy Bayor play center half. Not sure he can, to be honest. Nevertheless, we'll have to have faith in the boys that are there. Hopefully, Colo can lead them along the way. And uh, who knows how vital the experience of Sylvester might be. Hello, everyone. It's me again, Sylvester. I'm back in the team after spending so much time out with injury. I had a great three rupture of my perineum. It was some kind of painful, let me tell you. But the close attentions of the doctors made my rehabilitation stimulating shall we say anyway I'm back in the team and hoping to do my bit to win trophies with Arsenal like Gala score with his penis I now have a new and improved coach to help the team open oh, I want clean sheets, then funk, in that order, Mr. Sylvester, if that's uh, no big problem. Uh, before we look ahead to the Chelsea game, uh, some interesting gossip that came up during the week on Twitter. If you're uh, on Twitter, you can follow Arsblog. It's uh, twitter.com forward slash Arsblog. If you don't know what Twitter is, it's kind of, um, I don't know, text messaging in blog format, I think. Is probably the best way of doing it. Uh, I'm sure you've read something about it. Uh, many of you have tried it and gone, well, that's a load of crap. Uh, which is what I did at first. I couldn't really see the value in it. Now I see it's an absolute waste of time, but um, quite a, an enjoyable one at times. Uh, but anyway, someone on there has someone um, close to them who works for Nike. And we've all seen the images of the uh, the green kit, which is a mock-up of the one we had. Was it the 82-83 season, possibly? I can't remember, but a kind of a green and blue kit. It, it was awful. Pretty horrendous, I think. Um one of the least Arsenal-y looking Arsenal kits I've ever seen. 
apart from the white one, of course, which was, uh, which was truly awful. But anyway, uh, this person reckons, uh, with his contacts inside Nike and everything, that our away kit next season is going to be blue, which is interesting. And apparently it's uh, not too popular with uh, some of the club staff that have seen it. Uh, so um, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But a blue away kit could be on the cards. Uh, the pictures that are going around uh, of the green one, I don't know how authentic they look. They don't look unauthentic. But it seems like maybe it would be easy to release a picture and then everybody picks up on the picture and says, this is the, the Arsenal away kit. Maybe next year we should do that. As some kind of a, Some kind of a joke or something. And mock up the most hideous-looking Arsenal shirt you can find. And then everybody else will come along and say, Oh my God, look at that. Maybe I'll do that for my April Fool's next year. I'll mock up a terrible, terrible shirt. And I won't do it on April Fool's Day either. I'll do it another day. And then we'll see who picks it up and how far and wide the story goes. So you're forewarned and pre-warned and pre-armed and all those kind of things. But we'll see. Blue rather than green. I think I'd rather green. It's supposed to be a quite close to Chelsea blue as well, which is not good. And blue kits, as we all know, are unsuccessful kits for Arsenal. We don't win the league with a, a blue away kit, do we? Don't think so. I can't remember us ever winning the league in a blue away kit. Nuh-uh. Remember when we went that season unbeaten? Remember what our away kit looked like? It was Arsenal yellow and Arsenal blue, sort of 1971-ish, 1979-ish, and we won things. And people might say, it doesn't matter what you wear, it doesn't matter what color your kit is, that has no bearing on things whatsoever. That's a complete lie. Blue kits, uh uh they're bad for Arsenal. Of course, mostly because only cunts wear blue, as we all know. And Arsenal aren't cunts. So there's this clash. It's like two magnet ends going together. Anyway, one day we'll get a we'll get a good away kit. We've got some uh team news and uh, an, an in-depth analysis of the Chelsea squad uh, after a poem. Hello everyone, Tony Adams here with another poem on the Arscast. This week my poem is about a player who has improved a lot in the last little while. His name is Alex Song, and his poem is entitled Ode to Alex Song, and it goes a little bit like this. Oh, Alex Song, you were once called a mong. That is because your performances were like a bloke who had just smoked a bomb. <sighs> Freaky. But that is wrong. You no longer pong. You might even win a gong, or perhaps a timeshare in Hong Kong. Thank you very much. More poetry another day and on another Arscast. Now, we've got Chelsea tomorrow in the FA Cup semi-final. It's the first semi-final uh, to find out who will play Manchester United in the final. We know it's going to be Man United because uh, the referee have appointed Mike Riley as the uh, the referee for that game. So no matter what Everton do, you can be quite sure that Mike Riley will do his utmost to ensure that United reach the final. So it's down to ourselves and Chelsea, a team we know very well, obviously. Uh, London rivals, uh, full of players that we know. 
Anelka Drogba, Joe Cole, Lampard, Essien, Terry, Cuntley Cunt, Carvalho. So full of players that we know. And our record against them has been uh, hasn't been great in recent seasons, although we did win for the first time in a while at Stamford Bridge with two goals from Ram Van Persie. And I thought uh, in the build-up to this game, in the interest of uh, comparing the two teams, of precision, it would be a good idea for me to do an in-depth analysis on the Chelsea squad, sort of uh, player by player, to look at each guy's strengths and weaknesses, to uh, say who's good in the air, uh, who's vulnerable with a ball over the top. Uh, where they're good going forward, where we can take advantage. And um, I spent many, many hours on this this week. Uh, so I hope you'll bear with me a little bit uh, as I present to you uh, the findings of that research. And it is essentially, they're all cunts. Seriously, every single fucking last one of them on that team is a cunt. Without question. And not only that, because... Most opposition teams are made up entirely of cunts. They have some of the biggest cunts ever to walk the planet. Didier Drogba, an absolute disgrace of a human being, of a footballer, a cheat, a diver, a serial moaner. An absolute disgrace and an embarrassment to the game. I know Chelsea fans who, who can't stand him. Obviously, as a footballer, he's, he's all right. He's got something about him. But as a person, as a player, they just can't stand him. And if your own fans can't stand you, then you're in you're in dangerous territory, as uh, we we <clears throat> might have found out uh, ourselves this season at one point or another. But Drogba, what a cunt! Nicholas Anelka seems to have matured, but you know the last thing I remember of him is him just being a cunt and wanting to leave Arsenal. John Terry, I mean. <sighs> I don't have the words to describe how much I hate John Terry. I don't have the words to express how big of a cunt he is. You know one of those pictures or one of those YouTube videos where they go, for eight months the Hubble telescope focused on a part of space which appeared to have nothing in it and it captured all the light from there and then it zoomed in and then we found eight billion galaxies and you look at some of those galaxies in comparison to the Earth or even our galaxy, and the galaxy is huge, uh, and the Earth is like a... It's invisible. It's so small in comparison to that. It's not even a pinprick. A pinprick is gigantic compared to how the Earth is. Well, John Terry is a bigger cunt than that big cunting thing that makes the Earth look so small. And then... And then... Ashley Cole. Cuntly cunt. At left back. I mean... It goes beyond words. It really does. How to express how big of a cunt Ashley Cole is? How can I do it? I uh, The only way I can think of doing it is by playing a Phil Collins song. And that would make me a huge big cunt by doing that to you, by inflicting Phil Collins upon you. So it's just unfathomable how incredibly cunty they are. Which is why it's very, very important that we win. Because it's one thing getting beaten in a semi-final, but it's another thing entirely, getting beaten by a pack of complete and utter cunts like that. So, um, after that then, we've got, we've got Liverpool on Tuesday, which is another huge game. It might have suited us better 
had Liverpool gone through in the Champions League because they'd still have half an eye on that. Now, though, their only focus is going to be on uh, the league. That's their only chance of silverware. So they're going to be uh, right up for this game. They don't even play at the weekend, which is a bit poxy, really. So we're, we've got a game Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and they played on Tuesday. So they have a whole week off, which is uh, going to put us at a bit of a disadvantage, I suppose. And then you look at that game and you wonder about certain results. You wonder, would us losing to Liverpool be somewhat beneficial to us in the sense that We'd still have five points over Aston Villa. And it would mean then that the title race is still alive, which means United can't rest players ahead of the Champions League games for us. And I'm not saying that we should go out and try and lose or throw the game or anything like that, because, um, you know, uh, as much as winning is a habit, so can losing be. Uh, But if we do happen to lose, maybe it won't be the worst thing in the world. I don't know. It's all a bit crazy. This schedule is, is mental. So Chelsea Saturday, Liverpool uh, on Tuesday, uh, and then uh, then it's Middlesbrough next weekend. And that's going to be interesting too, but uh, we'll come to that on next week's uh, RSCast. But for now, I'll leave you because uh, there really isn't anything more to say other than to focus on the extreme cuntiness of Chelsea for tomorrow. Get right behind the lads if you're going to the game. Uh, make lots of noise. Um, because uh, maybe that little bit of noise will will spur the boys on because uh, their legs might be just a bit tired. But I think we can do it. I think we can get a result against Chelsea and go through to the final. So uh, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed, drink some lucky beers, and um, uh, that's about it. So I'll talk to you on next week's Arscast, of course, uh, all weekend and uh, all next week on the blog. So um, until then, take it easy. Come on, the Arsenal. Bye. And that's about that for Talk Shite Radio Show for today. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. The news is next. We're off, are we? Oh, thank God for that. I can go talk like normal. What a show, Jesus. Have we got all the blood cleaned up? What are we going to tell the Sunday Times about Joe Lovelace? They're not going to like it. Police aren't going to like it either. Well, it's going to be difficult to say that. You know, shotgun, he's not going to be able to reach and do it. Right, we've got we've got one of the runners can take the rap for that. All right. Hey, uh, sexy Australian traffic girl, how about you and me? Go out a bit later, you know. We can have a kebab and a mojito and, you know, a bit of a dance. You what? You'd rather put what up there? You'd rather put a scorpion up your fanny than go anywhere with me. Right. What kind of scorpion? The most poisonous one you can find, I see. Right. Playing hard to get that one. <laughs> one day, one day. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.